Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Folks, today we're going to remember Vincent Jackson, the Bucks and Chargers receiver who was found dead in a Brandon Hotel on Monday. Jackson was 38. He leaves behind a wife, Lindsay, and four children. We're going to talk about his life, his career, and my thoughts on what we all should learn from this on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, Bucks fans, don't miss out on a chance to relive the incredible season with a hardcover collector's book. It's full of uh, compelling stories and action-packed photos from my colleagues and me at the Tampa Bay Times. This 160-page book puts you inside the huddle, and it is a perfect way to commemorate an unbelievable season. Just go to BucksBook.com to order. Now, listen, it's regularly $39.95, but today is your last day. You can save $10 if you pre-order this book. You're not going to want to miss it. Save the $10. Offer expires today. This segment of Sports Day Tampa Bay is brought to you by Murata, where life is like a staycation every day. Contact them at MuratastayK.com. Okay, uh, Steve, we didn't talk about this uh on the podcast yesterday, and that is because it didn't happen until late in the afternoon, and I was busy covering the story. I know you mentioned it um, just in passing, and so we're going to get into this a little bit and talk about the life, the career uh, of Vincent Jackson. And, and look, I, I can understand why so many people in Tampa Bay, um, in San Diego, in Colorado, all over the country, uh, and in the NFL are mourning the loss of this guy um, 38 years old, first and foremost, uh, you know, with a, a beautiful wife, Lindsay, their four gorgeous children. And, you know, I, we got to know Vincent when he came, I believe it was, uh, pretty sure it was Raheem Morse's first and Mark Dominic's first big free agent. They signed him to a five year, $55.5 million deal. This is going back a number of years. Um, and he was a stud. I mean, he was a three time Pro Bowl player by that time in San Diego with the Chargers. Uh, and the, the football team here wasn't very good. But what he represented, you know, uh, went well beyond what he did on the football field, which was pretty darn impressive. You know, he unfortunately for him, he got caught up in, a, in an era of Bucks football where they only had one winning season while he was here. And, you know, he was spectacular, uh, you know, for the most part while he was here. In his career, he had six 1,000-yard seasons over a span of seven years. He played longer than that. He had a 12-year career. Uh, but, but during that, that time, he had you know, 57 touchdown catches. And he had uh, you know, five pretty incredible seasons. I mean, back then, if you signed a five-year contract and played all of it out, which was unusual to get $55.5 million, you were doing something right. But but almost as soon as he got here, man, you noticed that there was something special about this guy. And, of course, his story is that he is the product of uh, a mom and a father who both served in the U.S. Armed Forces. And Vincent moved around his whole life to different parts of the, the, of the world. I, he might, I think he 
not exactly sure. I think he was born or he was certainly uh, spent time in Germany, um, but went all over the place, as as many children of military families do. And, and, you know, as fate would have it, the two places he played in the NFL, and Steve, you know this, was San Diego, which is a big naval base in San Diego, a military yes. area, and then Tampa, which is home to McDill Air Force Base. Mm-hmm. You know, so what? What two better, <laughs> two better teams to play for than than those with relationships um, with those great those great military bases? I mean, CENTCOM, of course, is here as well. So um, he really, you know, even though he had gone to Northern Colorado, he'd lived so many places that home was sort of where your hat was, right? I mean, that's that's the way it is in military families in general. Um, but he really felt at home in Tampa. And early on, you know, he, he told us that, you know, look, you know, when I'm done playing, I'm going to live here, you know, and he, he got active in the community pretty, pretty quickly and started doing things, um, formed his Jackson in Action 83 Foundation, which was not surprisingly um, there to aid uh, military families, the children of military families, because he had a a real soft spot having been through it himself of how difficult it is to make friends, to always be the new kid in school. You know, there's a particular set of circumstances that, that you go through. And, you know, Vincent as a player, it was interesting because he was a team captain right off the bat and a a really good one for a lot of reasons. Um, Took incredible notes, you know, mentored a lot of players that we'll talk about, but, he also had a little bit of a, a, a I don't know, it wasn't really standoff. I mean, he was terrific with the media. He's so well spoken, and he was comfortable in front of a microphone and everything. But he wasn't a guy that would that would say, "Look at me." He wasn't a guy that wanted to talk to the media every week necessarily. We'd ask for him, and he would do it um, most of the time. Um, but you know, again, there was a lot of losing. And, and Vincent was just one. He's always positive. He's one of those guys that if things weren't going well, he really, you know, he didn't want to have to answer for negative things that were happening with the football team. So he kind of, you know, he could have been one of those dudes. Like receivers are known for being divas, right? They're known for throw me the ball and, you know, look at me and all that stuff. He was so far from that. It was incredible. He's humble um, and a guy that cared about his teammates. And and when he when he didn't do well, he he was very accountable. You know, he showed – players you know if he had a bad game which I can't remember many of them or a drop pass or something he would he would own up to it you know and he would take responsibility for anything uh, that he needed to do better there were a few times though um, where you know we would we would go up to him and and look things were going bad and he just didn't have anything good to say and he said hey not today not today fellas sorry not today (laughs) and that's like the worst thing you can hear as a journalist um, and then there was one time where he said that on a Sunday, and I was like, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> if not today, today is game day. Like, you have to talk on game day, man. Um, but but there was a few a few occasions when he didn't want to. But it, it, it was just so shocking, and it always is, right? When anybody um, that, that dies young, that has such, so much going for them, and we know, you know, he became a uh, – a uh, very visible figure in the community after his playing days, you know, restaurant owner of Cask Social, um, you know, was doing some other stuff with restaurant groups, uh, trying to, to build up Midtown in St. Petersburg. And literally anything you needed him for, he 
he was there. You know, like he was one of those guys that, oh, there's a Buccaneer, it's Vincent Jackson. You know, like any other charitable thing, like if any of the players, Gerald McCoy, any of them doing anything in the community and they needed somebody to help, Vincent was always that go-to guy, you know. And that's the thing, man. It's, look, any human life at at any age that's that's lost is, is you you feel for his survivors, you feel for... Um, anyone who who knows him and loves him, and a lot of people do, but the loss to this community is so profound with Vincent Jackson. It, it, I can't even begin to tell you just where his handprint was on everything in Tampa Bay, like everything. And it took, you know, it's one of those moments, Steve. I, I'm, I'm, I don't know when you found out. But it's one of those things where I will always remember what I was doing when when the news came across. It was one of those. Wait a minute, that Vincent Jackson, you know, like you almost there are it's a common name, but you're almost like hey, it can't be, right? Yeah, I mean that uh, that's the first thing. I'm like, Vincent, no, no, it couldn't be. I mean, he's younger than me. He's mm-hmm. no, he just retired a couple years ago. There's no way. I mean, that was right. that's your first reaction when you heard it. Right. Um, you know, and, and I just his impact in the community I mean, that's the thing, when you see all the heartfelt, you know, people commenting on social media and that and in the statements you see it but every single one of them and it was true he was a great player but a better person he really was and 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 that's saying something because yeah. if you look at his numbers there was a now Vincent kind of played in that arc where it went from you could do anything you wanted to a receiver <laughs> then then it became mm-hmm. towards the end of his career you know you couldn't do anything you wanted to a receiver but if you looked at his numbers, he had over 500 catches, almost 10,000 yards. There was a time, about the time Vincent was drafted, that if you had 10,000 yards in the NFL, you were probably going to Hall of Fame. There just wasn't a lot of guys that had that much receiving yards. Mm-hmm. And he made three Pro Bowls. So he was a prolific player. So to say he was a better person, that's 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 a whole lot right there in that statement. You know, and I, I can always – you know, if, ever since he got to town, you would always see him at things. But even since he retired, you, you know, you'd he- see him on the television news all the time. You'd, you'd hear him mm-hmm. on DAE at this community function, at this charity thing, at this. It was always about giving back. It was, you know, I know he did stuff with the Lightning Foundation and all the Bucks yes. stuff. And yes. had a lot at McDill. Um, you know, he was just, you know, anywhere that he could help people, he was there. And you would see him all the time. I mean, it was like... You know, you're used to seeing players on the field, but you would see him more off the field than you do than you ever did on the field. And, That's you know, right. A lot of players when they retire don't want to be that as visible, and he no. did. He did. He wanted to help. He wanted to give back, uh, and that's that's what makes it so shocking. Yeah, it was his passion. He he wanted to serve. That was his thing. He wanted to serve, and then you know, and and people in the military, what do they do? They serve, right? They serve other people. He got that from his family, and he wasn't in the military himself, but the service part, he felt a call to action, and he was going to help the community. You saw him a lot with his his wife, Lindsay. They did a lot of this stuff together in the in the Jackson in, in Action 83 Foundation. We mentioned the three Pro Bowls. How about this? Four straight years in a row. Okay, four straight years, obviously, in a row. For four years, he was the Bucks nominee for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. Four times in a row. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like you wouldn't even like. Hey, should we give it? No, no. Vincent's doing more than anybody. You know, we should get. We should make Vincent our man of the year. Um, that's really saying stuff. And you know, like for the last seven years, he. I mean, he kept 
adding on to things. Like the last seven years, and I thought this was a cool initiative, he threw a military mom's baby shower. And he'd take 40 women who were um, either active military or military spouses, and they would give them each about 2000 bucks in like car seats and clothing and gift cards and cribs. Um, and, you know, even when COVID, right, stepped in, you couldn't do the, the breakfasts or, you know, the, the lunches or stuff like that to, to give that away. They did, they did a drive through event. So he didn't stop it, you know. He kept doing it. Um, he had the, uh, the super readers group, you know, um, that he would uh, celebrate students um, who would uh, continue to excel as readers. Uh, he loved to read with children. And, and he wrote, him and his wife um, wrote three children's books. And they were all geared toward helping military kids, you know, sort of navigate that, that military family world. It was, it was called Danny da- Dog Tags. Um, it was like a book series and they dealt with, you know, issues like a parent going, you know, overseas for six months or moving city to city and trying to make friends and, you know, that sort of stuff. He had scholarships he awarded. He had this uh, salute to scholars. Um, you know, he would do, uh, remember one time he did the wounded warrior, uh, football team uh, with a football game, a charity game, like at Plant High School with Bucks mm-hmm. players and celebrities, and and he that they use that to to benefit military families. Um, you know there there was just you know for some for so many players when they retire they struggle right they struggle to figure out what they're going to do with their lives. I mean many of them even if they have money and they don't have to work. If you think about the NFL. And you think about football, and you've been playing this game since you were 8, 10 years old, whatever, most, most players. And you go through youth football, you play high school, then you go to college. He went, he went to a small school. He went to northern Colorado. It was not a big, was not a big school. Um, and, you know, he did, he did all these things um, and then had this tremendous career. And a lot of players, they, they're kind of like, you know, they might have a foundation, but they, you know, they, they struggle. They don't know what they want to do. Vincent knew exactly what he wanted to do. Like right away, he became a restaurateur. He opened up Cast Social. It, it was a terrific restaurant and has been. But then, you know, if you think about what's gone on with this pandemic, what's been hurt, hit harder, right, than the service industry, than the restaurant industry in particular. And a lot of them had to close. And he... Um, like some was successful in kind of, you know, going to a, a takeout situation. Um, you know, so he was able to, to kind of keep the doors open, keep people employed, you know, and, and it wasn't like, because he talked to kids about, you know, finishing school and going to college, he had never, he had never gotten his degree. So he went back to USF at, at like age 33 and finished his college degree and walked, you know, I remember seeing the the coverage of that of him actually graduating. You know, um, from from USF while he was while he was living here. So he he did you know he did all this stuff, Grand Marshal and the Grand Prix, like he did all this stuff, right? And if you think about all the players from this area that we know, you know the Leroy Salmons, 
um, the Barbers, the 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 Brooks. Um, who am I leaving out? Vinny Lecavier. Vinny Lecavier. Yeah, the other Vincent was right there with all of them. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like we we were constantly, you know, and and all those guys are iconic sort of community leaders. No one did more. I mean, really. I mean, they all did their own thing. They've all done tremendous things. I don't know if anybody did more. You know, and so um, again, he he didn't. He wasn't somebody that did a lot of publicity. Like you know, you wouldn't if he was if he was trying to promote one of his events, he would be available to radio. You know, the one thing, and you probably saw him, Steve, a lot. He supported all the teams. Mm-hmm. You know, he definitely supported all the teams. Well, he was at Lightning Games a lot. He'd go to Rays games. He'd be, yeah. yeah. He he loved the community. Loved everything about it. Right, and so. You know that that was that was his thing. Like he he wasn't somebody that that didn't get around to the other teams. So it, it just it's such a loss. And we got a statement today from his foundation. And I'm happy about this. That uh, that you know the reaction, of course, has been overwhelming. I mean, from everybody. And we can talk about some of the players and the guys that I I interacted with. Um, but they are going to continue the. Jackson in Action 83 Foundation, as as Vincent would want them to. I'm quite sure uh, he was not gonna he was not gonna you know back down. Period. Just wasn't gonna do it, and would want that to go, and it will, which is great. But it you know it's it's just the circumstances are so hard to accept. You know, that this is a vibrant, as far as we knew, healthy, um, athletic-looking guy that people see and have been visible just, you know, even as, you know, I've heard him on radio the last month. I've heard him around. And I know that everybody has a lot of questions, and I think those will be answered in time. You know, I do. And I I don't want to dwell too much on the details, but obviously the fact that you know, he was in a, uh, a Homewood Suites in Brandon since, what, uh, I guess January 11th. Um, and, you know, that that would seem to indicate that there was some family issue. Um, obviously, he wouldn't leave Lindsay and his, and her, and his children unless – and look, that there's no crime in that. A lot of people have issues and they – they separate or they, you know, have their own reasons for, for, uh, for doing that. But, um, the fact that he had been there for a while makes people wonder, you know, okay, so he was struggling maybe with something. Um, and then the, the other thing that concerns you is that his family, um, filed a missing persons report and that would indicate that maybe they had lost communication with him. And this is a very visible guy, right? So not only would they have had to have lost communication, but they probably didn't know anybody that had talked to Vincent, you know, to know if he was okay. Um, the, the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department did locate him, and they did execute the missing person's uh, report. They talked to him. They interviewed him. And it was only a few days before they got a phone call from a maid that said, they found him dead in the hotel room. And like I said, the circumstances of that, there's going to be a toxicology report, toxicology report. There's going to be, you know, lots of investigative stuff that's coming down the pike that it really doesn't 
serve anybody to speculate all that much about what what occurred there. Um, but it's horrific, okay? And for all the people that loved him and love him now, you just, it's, you know, it, it's so disappointing because you wish, you know, I'm sure everybody in, to, their, to, to a person is going, you know, how, how could this have occurred? Um, when was the last time I talked to him? Why didn't I see that maybe there was, you know, perhaps he was struggling with something? Maybe, you know, just what was happening? Um, and and I know a lot of people have, you know, when when anytime, anytime something like this happens, you start checking on your loved ones, right? You start calling and making sure somebody you haven't talked to in a while or a good friend and like, hey, is everything okay? Hey, how are you doing? That's the reminder of all of this. That's the lesson, okay, from all of this is – don't just assume if somebody has a high profile or they're visible or they're, you know, uh, rich uh, or a restaurant owner or a pro football player in particular, an athlete, that, you know what, they're invincible. No, they're human just like us. They got problems just like you and me. They, you know, uh, they go through stuff. And, and some of them go through harder stuff because, like I said, the transition – from professional athlete to the rest of your life. If you play 10 years in the NFL, which is about three times the career average, you come out of the league, you're 32 years old. <laughs> you're just, you know, and, and the, the most money you'll make, the most notoriety you'll have, you know, you're kind of like, you're living your life in a reverse. You look like Benjamin Button in that sense, is that, you know, you have to find out what's next because – there's not going to be anything to replace running out in front of 70,000 screaming people every week and, and playing in the NFL. So for some, it's a real adjustment. I think Vincent handled it better than anybody I know. And, and yet, yet something occurred. And that's the lesson. The other part of this, Steve, and I'm just going to say it because I, and I, I do not know a thing. This is, this is, will sound speculative, it may have nothing to do with Vincent whatsoever. But let me just tell you, I have seen football players and covered football players, right, where the game itself and the head injuries and the concussions have been an issue with them as young men. You know, CTE is a real thing. And, I, again, don't even know if that's a factor here. Couldn't even, couldn't even tell you. It's one of the first thoughts that crossed my mind. But it worries me. When I hear uh, the other guy that came to mind like this from a, you know, out of left field situation was a guy named Tom McHale. Tom McHale was an offensive lineman for the Bucks who went to Colgate. I think he was an Ivy League player. Played a number of years. Was a good player. Settled in Tampa. Opened a restaurant, a steak place that was doing well. I mean, imagine opening a steak place right in Tampa, which is like, you know, you're battling Shulas and, you know, everything else, Capital Grill and everything else around here. And it was doing well. And then all of a sudden, you know, he had a drug overdose of some kind. And, you know, his, his wife, his, uh, you know, his widow has claimed that that was CTE, um, you know, and has been involved in that sort of work. And, you know, there's been, there's been others that have had addiction to drugs. Jerry Wunsch, his story has been out there. 
the, the point is there's a lot of these guys that I have covered that aren't doing well, okay? They're not doing well. And I know, you know, they have these the concussion lawsuits and the payouts and, you know, a lot of them get denied. Some have to go to neurologists and it, there's been settlements. And um, But the bottom line is as much as they try to to take the head out of the game, take some of the unnecessary hits out of the game, it's still a violent sport. It's still a, a brutal sport from an injury standpoint. And I think we're we're still finding out, you know, what, what the effect can sometimes be and you know how it how it can affect your life and your personality and and everything you know so again i don't know what we're going to learn if anything about um you know the whys and what fors and how comes that that we all want answers to right but the only ones that deserve those answers are his family and believe me um you know they have every right and um, we should respect their privacy from that standpoint that, you know, when, when, when and if they're ready to talk about Vincent um, or share any of their, their life or, or, his, or details about his death, that's up to them. Um, some of it will be public record. There's going to be an autopsy. There's going to be, you know, a coroner's report down the road. It's an open investigation. It just occurred. Um, we will learn more. That's just the way it is in the state of Florida with public records, and he's a public figure, so we will learn more. But in the meantime, I, I think about all these guys that I've covered throughout the years, and I would just tell you, there's a lot of them aren't doing well. And we forget about them. We celebrate them when they play. They go out into society. Um, some of them struggle with a lot of things, like all of us. They, you know, um, But it just seems to be... Um, you know, it, it, there's just there's something about professional football um, that can make it. I don't know. Just you get these you get these horrible stories that, um, and, and it, I guess it happens in other sports. I cover football, so I'm closer to it. But I could sit here and reel off a bunch of names of guys that everybody cheered for, and there's a bunch of them that aren't doing well, and. It's sad. It really is. But Vincent Jackson, I mean, geez, that is not in any way um, – his death is not representative of, of his life. It, it does not seem to fit. It doesn't seem to match up in any way, shape, or form. And um, it's, it's horrible. You feel, you feel horrible. And it's such – like I said, it's such a profound loss to his family, first and foremost. His four beautiful children, his lovely wife, Lindsay – who did a lot of stuff with him by his side all the time. And I know the Buccaneer family. I know the Chargers family. Um, every The the Bucks nation, you know, the, the fans. Uh, he was a fan favorite. And we're all, you know, you're torn up about it. I, It's just one of the, the, every now and then these things happen and you just go, no way. You know what I mean? Like, not him. You know, not anybody, but, but especially not him. And it, it's just... I don't know. I know a lot of people are struggling with it. I'm struggling with it. And it's been more than 24 hours since we found out. This segment of Sports Day Tampa Bay is brought to you by Marina Bay and St. Petersburg luxury waterfront homes where sports fans and enthusiasts live and play. Marina Bay is a 60-acre gated community on beautiful Bogusiega Bay. All new construction is available right now. Contact them at marinabaystpete.com. 
or call 727-906-3300. So finally, uh, with respect to Vincent, we don't know about any arrangements, if there'll be any, you know, it's it's COVID and all that sort of thing. But um, in, in lieu of flowers, the, the, um, the foundation, the Jackson and Action 83 Foundation, like I said, is going to continue. And they've asked uh, that you make a donation to them. Um, and I think they're on Twitter at GIA 83 foundation. You can go to their website. Uh, you can find it. You guys are resourceful. You found this podcast, but do that, you know, do that in memory of, of, uh, Vincent. They do great work. They're going to continue it. And they're going to continue to help those that sacrifice force every day in the, in the armed services, services in the military and all that. So, um, honor him that way because that's the best way because that was the work that was the most important to him not what he did on the football field although that was very important but it's what he did with with his fame and with his notoriety and his life and his service that I think um, is the best way so go on there and do that this segment of Sports Day Tampa Bay is brought to you by Moffitt Cancer Center Moffitt is the proud partner of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers call 1888-MOFFITT M-O-F-F-I-T-T Okay, explain this hockey team to me, Steve, because they were cruising along. They were 9-1-1, one, and one, and they knew they were going to have a tough game against the Florida Panthers um, mm-hmm. in Sunrise. And I predicted it just based on schedule. They had had a couple games in Nashville that that was going to be a difficult transition, right? And Florida wanted to prove that what they were doing was not a fluke. And, of course, when you won the Stanley Cup, you have a target on your back, okay. So they went down there, and they got beat. They didn't play very well. But then they came back the next night. And I want to say they scored like six goals. They did. You know? Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay, you got our attention. Watch this, right? And then last night, it's rare that you would play the same team three times in a row, but they played them at home in Amelie. Um, and it was the damnedest game I've ever seen. But, look, they left their backup goaltender. He wasn't great. But, man, man how many odd man rushes did they have against this guy? It was, it was just it was a poor performance. I don't know what else to say about it. It's just they did not play very well. So I'll say this: I believe they played better on Monday as the game went on than yeah. they did last Thursday in Florida. I, I okay. thought last Thursday in Florida they didn't compete very well. They okay. got they got hit in the mouth and just never really responded. Okay. Now Florida was out to make a point. I thought the Lightning played better on Monday, but boy, did they make mistake after mistake. Like yeah. their compete level was there. But they were sloppy, particularly in the def- yeah you know, turnovers, and, and you know John Cooper said you know they asked him in the you know you know what did you think about it? He goes well let's see we did it to ourselves the first goal yeah. we did it to ourselves second goal we turnover did it to ourselves yep. penalty shot yep. did it to ourselves mm-hmm. you know he went through every goal and it was you know mm-hmm. bad rush coverage turnover did it to ourselves you know it was they couldn't get out of their own way they were just sloppy now part of that. I think you got to give Florida credit. Florida is a much faster team than they have been in years past. Mm-hmm. Um, they are a much better team than they've been in years past, and you know they they forced some of those turnovers. A lot of them were just mental mistakes by the Lightning. Right, um, but but Florida speed took advantage of it. I mean, some other teams may not have been able to capitalize on those turnovers as much. Um, you know, this happens in a hockey season. Uh, you know. You know, after last Thursday, you know, you start people, oh, you know, Florida, Florida's, you know, maybe the best team in the division. And and Mm -hmm. they may end up being that way. But, you know, it was one bad game. Florida came out flying. The Lightning didn't and just never caught up. 
the next night or the you know, next game, two days later, it was it, the roles were reversed. I mean, you yeah. know, the Lightning are a very good hockey team. Are, in a 56-game schedule, are you going to play a perfect game every night? Nope. And that was without Stamkos the second game. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Uh, Stamkos was back in. Uh, um, like I said, I mean, there, there was a lot of things to – to like about the game on Monday, but man, they made a lot of mistakes and turnovers. Like the fourth line was really good. Alex Volkov scored two goals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Matthew Joseph, he's Matt Pratt Maroon's playing very well. Um, you know, I mean, there was, there were some things like that to take it. I just, I thought the whole defensive core was just out of sorts. Yeah. It was just a, a lot of turnovers, a lot of sloppy puck play, a lot of not getting the puck out. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong. When you have your backup goaltender in, aren't mm-hmm. you supposed to be more keenly aware to help that guy than you would say Vassy? Yeah, although both teams like, had their backups in too. So I mean, Florida, no, I Florida had theirs in too. But I'm just saying, in general, yeah. isn't that kind of the rule? Like, hey, let's not leave this. We don't have our number one. Let's let's help this guy. Yeah, because he don't play much. That's generally the rule. But you know, for whatever reason, they just they were out of sorts. And yeah. you know, credit Florida some, but but a, a lot of it was just. It was just a it was a stinker of a game that the the lightning played out. But I, I thought you know, like I said, I thought they were skating better and competing harder. They just mm-hmm. it was just they couldn't get out of their own way on mistakes. Uh, they, you know, well, they got it back to four, five four. Yeah, well, and that was the thing. As bad as as many mistakes as they had made and goals given up, they they, they were there. They were down five four and had a shot to tie it on a power play at the end of the second period. That's right. That's right. Uh, you know that I mean, they had a shot to and, and going to the third period, and you're like, we're only down a goal, and then you give up a goal 59 seconds into Strawman, and that kind of took the sales out of the third period. Right. Um, right. I don't. You know, some people say Florida's taking two of three, and and Florida's look. I, I think this division is going to come down to Tampa, Florida, and and Carolina's in there too. Those will be the top mm-hmm. three teams in the division. I don't know right. the order they'll finish. Those will be the top three teams in this division, I believe. They're a good team. Do you like the? Do you but, like the three games, two games against the same? I mean, is that a harder navigation for those? I know, don't know if I like three. Although, what was interesting, and, and John Cooper even talked about this, is game two, particularly in, in Sunrise, got a little chippy. And you really didn't have that chippiness on Monday night. I mean, Verhege and Jamel Smith got in a, a fight, but for the most part, it was it was a little more calm as far as that goes, you know, Considering it was the third straight game against each other, uh, yeah. I don't know if it was you know Florida took one, we took one. We just don't want to you know hurt ourselves. Um, so you know dial it back a little bit. But I don't I, I I don't mind the two games in a row. I don't know if I like the three. Yeah. And granted, you know this this one was in Amelie instead, and and it was part of a reschedule because of COVID stuff. It initially wasn't supposed to be three in a row at this point, mm-hmm. uh, but because of games early in the season with Caroline and Dallas being moved, they had to move a lot of games around. So. Yeah, um, but the, I, 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 I think the two game series are going to stay more in hockey. I think you're going to see that continue next year, when you can. I mean, assuming everything goes back to more of a normal 82 game and you're playing every team in hockey next season, yeah. you can't do that when you're traveling out west because you're only playing them one time out there. Right. But if you're going to go to Buffalo, you may go there for three days and play two games, and, and which I, is tough because if you drop mm-hmm. them both, man, it's a four four point swing. It is, you know. It is, but I think the players like the less travel, and I think the owners like the less expense of the travel. Absolutely, less charter flights at that point. So, right, right. Um, I think that may stay in hockey, but you're, it's not going to be every road trip that way because, like I said, you go to the Western Conference and you only yeah, play, you play you're playing once. each team one time in their venue. So, right. 
Yeah, interesting. Well, they'll continue on. They were uh, headed to Dallas, I guess, as we, well, we taped this podcast. So, the, Well, no, the no, no. They're supposed to go today, but okay. we'll see. I mean, Dallas had their game on, uh, on Monday and Tuesday night canceled because of the, the weather. lack of power and weather and everything mm-hmm. else going on in Dallas. It's Good still point. supposed to stay below freezing for the next few days, so... Uh, yeah. As far as as far as I know, everything's on course to continue and, and lightning to play in Dallas on Thursday. But a lot of people without power. Yeah, you know, a lot of people without power, and and so do the lightning even go there? I, you know, I floated the idea. And this is not me knowing anything, but with limited fans in the stands in Dallas and none here, could you play the games here instead? The point. Assuming Dallas can get out of of Dallas with the airport and et cetera, <laughs> That's too. Right. Um, that's right. You know, I and that's not me knowing anything. That's just me going. In this day and age, you can easily do that when you don't have to worry about fans and, and tickets and all that stuff. It's it's a little easier just to go. Hey, we could just play it in Tampa instead, and and moves right. and even if you have to go back to Dallas later and, and switch games around. You, it's a possibility, I suppose. The NHL hasn't done anything yet, but that's a possibility. This segment of Sports Day Tampa Bay is brought to you by Breitling Boutique. Breitling Boutique's in International Plaza. You know, it's just one of only 15 in the United States. They welcome championship quarterbacks, Hall of Famers, and boxers as clients. They treat everyone the same. They'll treat you like a champion as well. Just tell them Rick and Steve sent you, and you will get a free $60 Breitling cap just for trying on one of those beautiful Breitling watches. Breitling Boutique in International Plaza. Well, we'll follow them, and... um I'm sure we'll uh, we'll probably hook up with Tom Jones sometime this week. Uh, we got lots more to talk about with the Bucks. Uh, these guys are still doing their interviews on TV. Free agency's coming up. We'll talk about that. Who they're going to protect? Who they're going to you know resign? Why? Well, you Odell see the Beckham. wild trade rumors going on Twitter now. Oh, jeez. I'm Odell Beckham Jr. For who is it? Hold on, let me get this like right. Four players: Vita Vea, <laughs> Antoine yeah. Winfield Jr., okay, Anthony Nelson, and Scotty Miller. That's right. Let me. Jerry Rice in his prime wouldn't fetch that much. Let me just tell you, especially Vita Vea, please. Play a please. Especially in a salary um, cap world where all four of the players the Browns are getting are on rookie deals. Yeah. And Odell's right. on a big deal. Yeah, that doesn't, yeah, that doesn't work either. They don't jive. <laughs> we'll give them some knowledge. Maybe we'll talk free agency and give people a lesson about how things are likely to go and what the reality <laughs> is versus. I would say this. Never pay attention to who's going to become a free agent. Pay attention to who actually makes it to free agency, which is a different, a whole different thing, right? That's like March seventeenth. Mm-hmm. The fact that they don't have a contract now doesn't mean squadouche. When they don't have one by the time they get to March seventeenth, and that now you're talking about a possibility of a guy leaving. Remember, nobody thought that Tom Brady was leaving, even though he was without a contract. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, it was always, oh well, yeah, he's 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 able to be a free agent, but he's not going to be. They're he's gonna, not going to. They, they'll sign him. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's generally the idea, right? What well, wasn't yeah. true with him? Um, thank God for the Bucks, but uh, but did, but most of the time, did you guys, like the the meme? I think CBS Sports did it that I sent you of Tom Brady and Belichick talking about. Oh, it was great. Yeah. About, you know, you know, uh, the Patriots quarterbacks had ten touchdown passes. All season. This all season, and Brady said, I had 10 in the playoffs. <laughs> That's right, and Brady, Belichick's throwing, some, throwing, throwing the phone or whatever. Yeah, it is remarkable, and and this is a good question we can delve into when we when we talk again. Is like, is New England a destination now for players without Brady? I mean, you know, for years and years, and not that they were heavily involved in free agency, but they got their share, right? They got the Randy Mosses and mm-hmm. um, Junior Seals and guys like that. 
but you know what? What do three agents think of New England now? Well, tell me who you their know? quarterback is next year. Well, and that's the fact. Is it Deshaun Watson? Is it Russell Wilson? Is it Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile? With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You know, are they making a big trade for somebody or is it just going to be whoever? That's the biggest problem. Because if you give me Bill Belichick with Deshaun Watson, and I'm not saying he's going anywhere, but give me Belichick with Deshaun Watson as your quarterback, I might go there. Oh, absolutely. And I think they have to solve the quarterback issue first, and then you can probably get some players that would be more interested. But just to merely go to play for Bill Belichick or a good organization, which they are, Bob Kraft's a good owner, um, I'm not sure you have the gravitas that you do here, say, in Tampa with Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. I think I think the quarterback's going to matter more and more, and – Brady certainly proved that. So we can talk all about that uh, the rest of the week in the podcast. In the meantime, listen, uh, hug, hug, hug your loved ones. Give them a call if you haven't talked to anybody. Uh, donate to the Jackson in Action 83 uh, Foundation and um, take care of yourselves out there. For Steve Erstink, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Need to stock up on any weather wardrobe staples? Check out American Giant for hoodies, jackets, sweats, and more pieces you can wear anywhere. All made right here in the USA. Go to American-Giant.com and use code AnyStyle24 for 20% off your order.